Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. We're continuing on with our giveaway if you give us a review on itunes take a screen capture send us that screen capture through instagram private message facebook private message or email us at info at bear-hunting.com we'll send you out some northwoods bear products what do you guys have in your hands brent what you got in your hand man gold rush bear attracted it's liquid form and i got some gold dust over here from northwoods you can 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 what does it what does it smell like ryan Butterscotch concentrate form. You use that stuff a ton, don't you? All the time. What is 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 that? I've heard you say that the gold rush mixed with fryer grease, oh. best stuff you do for attracting bear. Yeah, I mean, I would probably use this and not even put any bait in my barrel. So, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's a it would important. bring bears in. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Very much. And so. the gold dust smells like the gold rush. It's just in powder, powder form, form, which is it's cleaner. It's a little easier. I don't think it's as potent, but it's a it's a, so it's not a substitute for the gold rush, but it's an, just an addition to it that you can sprinkle on any kind of bait that you have. Additive, yeah, yeah. 
So that's some good stuff. So check out our buddies at Northwoods Bear Products. Leave a review. And all the guys that have left reviews in the past are still entered into our contest. 500 You going to put that in your coffee? Yeah, well, I've got some honey in there, but it says right here on the label, it's 500 times sweeter than sugar. Put it in their coffee. Okay, I will. Splash a little bit on your neck and your wife may be all I got some vanilla on. extract back there already. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome to the Bear Hunting Magazine Global Headquarters. Good morning, Brent Reeves. Good morning, sir. Here we are again. You're reporting in from uh, Central Arkansas? From Central Arkansas. It's a two-hour and 58-minute drive if you follow the speed recommendations. That's a long walk. It is. (laughs) Did you ride your mule up here? I did not. No flashy mule for me (laughs) yet. Mr. Ryan Greb, good morning. Good morning. You got me off the lake and got me to come up the mountain. Yes. Yes. Ryan's got a freezer full of crappie. That, uh, so he's been crappie fishing. Ryan, I, I introduced you last time on the podcast as a guy that was killing bears while my mama was still wiping my nose. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to continue on with that. Well, I appreciate so, it. So Ryan Greb is a... Uh, uh, a good friend of mine for several years. Ryan's hunted with me all over Canada, and and we've hunted together here in Arkansas. And uh, Brent has been with me all over Canada as well. Yep. And what we're going to talk about today is spring bear hunting. What I want to do is I want to take somebody from zero to hero about spring bear hunting in about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. I want to talk about all the relevant issues that revolve around spring bear hunting that have to do with timing. When do you go? Where do you go? Because there are there are states, there are nine states that have spring bear seasons. There are all the Canadian provinces except for some of the northern provinces that, you know, like Nunavut and uh, uh, Nova Scotia, Scotia are the only Canadian provinces that don't have spring bear seasons. So I want to talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about Canadian bear hunting outfitters and how guys can go up and hunt and like talk about costs because people are like, how much does it cost? Um, I want to talk about crossing the Canadian border because you know, <laughs> there, there's all these limitations that guys think about. Do you remember that guy's name? Do you remember the guy that Marvin or do you, do you remember he asked us about, I want to tell the story about what he asked us about. Oh yeah. Do you not remember his name? I, Marvin is right. No, it wasn't Marvin. Okay, not Marvin. Pierre. <laughs> wasn't Pierre. It was, uh, you're talking golly. About, you talk about the Canadian uh, border officer. Yeah. Yeah. It was some. No, I remember exactly what well, he said. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to talk about crossing the Canadian border with firearms and bows and arrows and right. what you need to do. Right. Um, we're going to talk about, what we're trying to do is answer the frequently asked questions. Because I get questions all the time from guys that have never been up there, right. and they just have questions. Yeah. Can you eat spring bear meat? Okay? Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that in, in times past, bears have been managed in such a way where you, sometimes you didn't have to harvest the meat, and it made people think it was bad. Right. But so we're gonna, I'm not going to tell you whether you can or not. You're going to have to listen. But there you go. we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about... Uh, Frequently asked question is, are spring bear hides rubbed out after a certain point? 
by rubbed out meaning, you know, it, is the hide any good? We're yeah. going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how you get hides and meat back from Canada. We're going to talk about do-it-yourself options in the western United States for spot and stalk hunting primarily and bait hunting. So we're going to talk about outfitted stuff, but also about do-it-yourself stuff, timing for that. Um, those are those are some of the big ones that we're going to talk about. So zero to hero. Zero to spring bear hunting hero in yes. 45 minutes with Brent Reeves, Ryan Greb at the global headquarters. Um, Brent, first time... First time you ever went with me to Canada was in Saskatchewan. That's right. Is that right? That was on the on the <laughs> on the trip, the boat trip where I was singing the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald when we finally got off of it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the words to that song that you can sing now? Uh well it's like a nine minute it's like the Canadian version of Freebird. It's like twelve <laughs> minutes long. We've got time. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> You're liable to lose listeners over that. Oh, man. But I do remember the line that I said when when we stepped out when I stepped out of the boat finally. What'd you say? Nobody knows where the love of God goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours. <laughs> hours. <And I> look, <laughs> hours. And well I remember saying that to you and you looked at me like I know you'd never heard that song. But no. he's, he looked at me like, Did that dude just make that up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, I was scared to death. But spring bear hunting, yeah, that was the, that was the first hunt, and that was the time. It was summertime, man. As far as hunting in Arkansas, was it? It was it was the last week of June. Yeah. So what we're gonna start off with is when do you go? Sure. Okay, let's start off with when do you go, and then we'll talk about where we okay. went the last week of June. And on that particular hunt, a little bit of background: we're hunting with. Uh, uh, outfit in far northern Saskatchewan, and we rode 55 miles on a boat yeah. in a giant Canadian northern lake, with which is almost like an 25 inland sea. horse tiller with a, about yeah. a 25 horse crappie yeah. boat. Yeah, and uh, we were coming out of the water about six foot. A couple to no, no, not that much, but it, it like felt it. like it. Mm-hmm. It felt like it, but. All the more, all the more adventure we had because of how far we were back in. One hundred and sixty-three miles south of the Arctic Circle. Yeah, because I plotted it and checked it when we got back home. I thought you were going to say one hundred and sixty-three miles by boat. That's <laughs> what it felt like. Well, it wasn't that far off well, from I don't that. Know, I, don't I know bet that we rode been. that much in the boat that week. Oh yeah, easy. fifty-five there, fifty-five back. Yeah. one hundred and ten. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. every day we wrote, y'all rode as much as 20 miles one way yeah. in a day. Did mm-hmm. you not? That's right. You but probably, you may have gone. I think they went the over 40 miles week. each day there and back just to hunt. So you probably rode 300 miles in a boat. Yeah, there's no telling. Yeah. You know what? I would do that again in a heartbeat. I would too. Would you, ride? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, just. Probably for the fishing more than anything. Yeah. That was a world class. <laughs> oh, we yeah. didn't know it then, but yeah, looking back. It was one of the first yeah. times that we had had access to just fishing right out from camp. Yeah. And, I mean, we were just catching fish like big uh, pike, lake trout. There was walleye. Yeah. It was. And we kind of thought everywhere else we go was going to be like that, and it was not. No. Even in no. similar waters. The I won't say there's fish everywhere, but not they were the huge. size 
and they were hungry. It and didn't. it was every third. I mean, you could have averaged out. I, I promise you, I would take the oath right now. It was every third or fourth cast you were catching you fish. You practically couldn't make inches. a bad cast. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember how uh, – well, you wouldn't remember. Brent, do you remember how – Nervous I was when I lost Ryan's oh, yeah. diamond <laughs> yeah. diamond spinner. I do. The five of diamonds, wasn't that what it was? Yeah. I was using his rod without permission. <laughs> and these 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 big old spoons cost like nine dollars a piece. Yeah. I don't know if they're that expensive. That was what that was that was the bait that everybody said, you got to have this or you cannot you catch look, fish. You look at it and you think, Man, that's just novelty, you know. You're yeah. not gonna catch nothing on that. Yeah. And no, that was, it was the killer. real deal. It was poison. So you caught fish up until the point when I lost yours. Yeah, but we had no, did we have more. Yeah, you. <laughs> I know you could use anything. I remember I was legitimately. Anything. I was like a little kid. Like, hey, Dad, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? You remember that bait that you let me? Use? <laughs> That's what I felt yeah. like. Oh man. Okay. When to hunt? We're going to get down to business. When to hunt? So. If you didn't know anything about spring bear hunting, you hunt in May and June. That is, that is pretty much when you hunt. Mm-hmm. Some of the some places actually open their bear seasons in April. Actually, a lot of the Canadian provinces open in April, and some of the western states open in April, and even as much as April first. Okay, but the bulk of bear hunting is done. In May and June, because that April hunt is risky for snow when you're hunting in the northern latitudes. And pretty much, you can only hunt spring bears up north. There's no southern state that has a spring season. Arkansas, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia. I mean, none of those guys have spring seasons, okay? So you're hunting up north. And so what you're, biologically what's happening is these bears have dinned for the last, you know, 120 days or, or even longer than that. I mean, a lot of times bears are up north are going into the dens in October. And uh, you know what? When we hunted Manitoba, Canada, southern Manitoba, Canada, the first week of November, we have seen bears every year out of their dens, first week in November. Oh, and y'all up there deer, deer hunting. hunting. Yep. But but it's not common, and they're not coming out very far from their dens. But let, So let's just say bears are going into their dens around the 1st of November. Okay. So November, December, January, February, March, April, they've been in the den for six months. They come out of the den. Their hair is long at its peak length because they have grown the longest hair possible mm-hmm. to be insulated. Their claws are sharp. Their, their claws, claws are just like... Fingernails. I don't know if it's keratin or whatever it is, but their 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 claws have been growing and they've not been walking around without use. Mm-hmm. Claws are sharp. They come out of the den on favorable days. in In most places of the Black Bear Range, bears will be coming out in April, and might even be coming out in snow. Like you know, you, if you didn't know much about bear biology, and and I didn't years ago, you would be like, well. Does a bear wait till it's just like super warm to come out, or does he come out when there's snow on the ground? They absolutely come out of their den sometimes in the snow, and it's like a progressive state of awakeness. Like the first time they come out, they might not go 50 yards from their den. So it's staged. 
Yeah, and then a week later they might range out further. And and it's almost like they're they're going out to try to find if there's food. And basically when the food when there is a legitimate food source, then they will start to eat that food source, release their fecal plug, which that's a biological process a bear does in a bear den to conserve energy and you know, they don't urinate or or defecate in general. I've personally seen bear scat outside of a bear den in Arkansas in the middle of the winter. So, but the, the in general, bears do not urinate or defecate for that entire time in the den. Mm. They come out. They've got a they've got a plug that they have to release, and that only comes after they ingest more food. Brent's grinning over there. Yeah, he's trying to think of a joke. No, I'm trying not to say him. I thought of ten. He's grinning like I'm, a possum in red the, ants. I'm yeah. in the fifth grade for my whole life. So. <laughs> but uh, let me ask you this. Is it more time or temperature that's the trigger for that when they're waking up? Food source. Like they, a bear does not den because it's cold. It's not like he gets cold. <laughs> And it's like, oh man, it's cold. I want to go in. He goes to bed because the food source runs out. Right. And so he wakes up when the food source comes back. Maybe and their metabolism is. So that's, that's what that I'm saying. They've taken, right. digested as much as they can go and yeah. they need to get up. and Right. So that's when they right. start rambling. Yeah. Yep. And, and it probably has to do with, uh, you know, daylight period. I mean, all the animals are, are working off. You know, the amount of daylight to understand what time of year it is and biological processes that are going on and stuff. But it's primarily driven by food. And so if you have an early spring, and that's why we're talking about timing. If you have a if you have an early spring when in northern Idaho on April first, it's sunny and getting in the fifties and snow's melting off the top of the mountains, which does happen, bears are gonna be rocking and rolling earlier. And so you might go to northern Idaho on a do-it-yourself hunt on April the 10th, and I'm pretty sure Idaho opens early, and have a great hunt and see bears. And then the next year you go back out there, and there is not a bear to be found. And the places that you were hunting are covered in snow, and the bears are still dinned up. Right. So that's the risk inside of April, and that's why most bear hunting takes place later in the spring. Yeah, because it's it's a more for sure guaranteed deal. That I would the bears say that up. percentages of going mid to late May would be prime time and after. That's right. Yeah. Pri- if if you were just to say what is prime time for spring bear hunting, I would say from May the tenth to June the tenth. Right. That would be prime time, and here's why. Uh, well, let me not get too far ahead. Let me describe what's happening. Most Canadian outfitters start outfitting the first or second week of May, and what you find inside of that time period is that, l- let's say from May 1st to May 20th, let's categorize that as early spring, okay? And the big boars are going to be feeding they're not. They're going to be keyed in on just getting resource into them. They're not worried about the rut. So you can, if you have a boar at a bait, or if you have a boar located on a hillside on a spot and stock do-it-yourself hunt, he's going to be really predictable. He's going to be close, and he's going to be close. That's right. Who's going to stay close to that food source? That's right. And so that is actually why 
I prefer early spring for a spot and stalk hunt. Because spot and stalk hunt, if I go to Montana and I'm hunting, I might spot a bear from a mile and a half away on the side of a mountain. If you spot that bear on May the 1st, there's a pretty darn good chance that tomorrow he's going to be in that exact same spot, or at least on that hillside. Yeah. If you spot, if you're hunting in Montana, on uh, some of the seasons in Montana go through the middle of June. Mm-hmm. You spot that bear on June 10th in Montana. Could be rutting. Right the sows are in yeah. season. He could be forever away from there. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's a general idea of what's happening. So it works the same way with bait, though. You go in those first weeks of May on a baited, outfitted hunt or do-it-yourself baited hunt in Idaho, uh, you, you're you not going to see as many bears. But if you find a big one, you can probably kill him. Yeah. So second part of the spring would be, let's say, from May the 10th till June 15th. I'm going to call that prime time, kind of mid-spring you're not going to have to worry about weather as much. There's less chance that you're just going to be snowed in. You know, my buddy Brian Strickland hunted last year the first week of May in in Manitoba. He ended up killing a big boar, the kind you're after. But he set through snow. In his video, there's snow in the background. Mm-hmm. He didn't see as many animals as he would have later, but he ended up killing a big bear first week of May right. Manitoba. Yes. The... The so what happens on about the twentieth of May though is the rut starts to kick in. Um, there's not a lot of data or general information about the bear rut that I have seen published or media talked about. You know, like the whitetail rut is like the most understood breeding process of probably any game animal in the world. Now, is that date that you're talking about when the rut kicks in? Is that for every latitude or is it diminished as you go well here's the way it works is that bears boar bears and female bears whenever they get out of the den and they have about a month to feed and build their processes back up then stuff starts to happen okay because of the bear rut is not like a whitetail rut. So a whitetail rut is based upon the actual conception date. Right. Has everything to do with fawn arrival in the spring. Right. So they need those fawns to be born at a certain time. So they got to breed at a certain time, gestation period of a doe deer is 200 days or something. So they got to breed 200 days back from the prime time period of that time. In the southern United States, that window would be super wide because our winters aren't that long or hard. And so... In the southern U.S., you have a longer rut, but way up in the northern latitudes, like in Manitoba, those fawns have to be born at a certain time. You got this really fine rut. The bear rut is not like that because of delayed implantation. Yeah. Anytime there's a lull on the podcast, I talk about bear reproductive processes. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite topic. <laughs> no delayed I'm not, implantation. I'm trying not to picture it in my head, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> delayed implantation it's fascinating yeah, that is for because real. basically bears are a low density animal so that means they're not a herd animal like a deer that are just everywhere <clears throat> like so a sow bear has to have this elongated 
period of time when she can be bred so that she'll bump into a boar. Because right. there's such a low density, and it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of them. It just means that spatially, there's there's going to not be 40 bears per square mile. Right. It's yeah. just not going to happen anywhere. It's just yeah. not natural. So they have this elongated period of time when they can be bred. So when love when love happens, Brent, yes. uh, and they meet, per chance, Romeo and Juliet in the mountains of Manitoba or yeah. the Ozarks, and something and the and, and conception happens. Okay, yes. uh, the 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 egg is fertilized, but it does not attach to the uterine wall until sixty days before gestation in November. That's when gestation starts after the bear has gone through the fall. Her body is determined if she can rear young. The egg attaches to the uterine wall. Gestation starts. Bear cubs are born 60 days later in the den. So all that to say that there's not this like pinpoint conception date like a whitetail because of delayed implantation. Right. Could you make a diagram of that? (laughs) (laughs) Give me the chalkboard. (laughs) I'm first. When a boy bear loves a girl bear. (laughs) We're We're taking a turn. Uh, no, but that makes so. There's this bear can be bred any time of the year. Yeah, like she could she could be bred in early May. Mm-hmm. But the research that I've done on a couple different research projects showed that peak conception date was around mid June for at least a couple of these bear populations that they had really tested. Right. So peak conce- peak conception date. Breeding date was like mid June, mm-hmm. so I compare the months of May and June to the months of October and November right. for white tails. Mm-hmm. So late October, stuff's going to be happening. Um, have you seen rut activity the last week of May, or have you hunted? Have we hunted much in the last no, week? No, mostly just June. Okay, you've mainly hunted in June with right. me. Right. Yeah. Well, I have seen um, for sure. Rutting going on in late May. I mean, bears, boar bears with sows. I've also seen boar bears following sows in early May. Really? Uh, but so that last week of May, that's why that's such a hot spot is because the bears are still fairly predictable. Like if you find a boar on a bait, he's probably going to be there for a while. But there also might be cruising boars that find you. Right. You get into mid June, and it's like hunting the whitetail rut. That's yeah. what I was going to say. If you know a hunter is on a bait somewhere, and they're not getting pictures of what they're considering shooters, it's just like a whitetail buck. When that rut's kicked in, any day there could be a monster. How many, how many times were we in Saskatchewan in June and? Getting pictures of bears that nobody had ever seen. Brand new. Yeah. Every yeah. day it was like a new bear, a new bear. Yeah. Yeah. And we were hunting the last week of June. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. 20s of June. Yeah. And so that was classic rut stuff. Brett and I witnessed a bear. <laughs> I don't know that they ever connected, but. Uh, Frol- called, you called it frolic. They frolicked. They frolicked. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh <laughs> well, we saw them breed not that year, but another year. Another year up there. I mean, straight the old three-wheeler. Mhm. Didn't we? 
three. Well, didn't we see a three-legged bear breed? A- I'm glad you clarified that because <laughs> I didn't three-wheeler. It was a three-legged bear. Yeah, yeah it did. That was the ne- actually the the next year. Yeah. After after the the frolicking bears, which was the yeah. famous hunt where the yeah. bears came in on top of us. Yeah. But uh, that same year, where the bear got so close to us, you know, the rut activity. Ryan had that had that encounter with that oh, aggressive, that's right. aggressive sow. Yeah. Yeah, you watched a a boar and a sow fight. And she had a cub up. up a tree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I shot the boar. He didn't make it 30 yards. She goes over there and pretty much tears his hindquarters off as he's dead. Just mauls him. Yeah, and she's drooling. And uh, I don't know if she wins me or sees me, but she finally makes her way towards me. Yeah. And it's the first time I'd ever carried bear spray. First hunt ever. Ever, ever. And it was just... And after thought, I thought, you know, I got this. Why not bring it? I've had it sitting at home for years and didn't have it handy. It was buried in my backpack. So as she kept getting closer. After You're on seeing, the ground. Yeah, I'm in a ground blind. So after seeing her do what she did to the bear I'd killed, it's like, I might not have pull this out. <laughs> and I go to talking to her and try to get her to run off, and she would not. And finally, when she got within... Four yards, probably. I thought, I want to let her rip and see what happens, and it scared her off. Yeah, yeah. it worked. It worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty touchy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I I think that's a pretty good <clears throat> rundown of when to hunt and the pros and cons of early hunting, late hunting. Uh, do y'all think we covered it? Y'all have any other comments on when to hunt? Or questions. Well, you're probably going to see more bears. You think probably in that June period when after yeah the the mid to late June you're going to see more bears. Okay, now for here, some, here's for the somebody other, for somebody asking. Here, here's the other thing that I have not personally seen this because my late June hunting have, has produced a lot of bear sightings. But they say, and, and this makes sense, as the as the spring progresses and more natural food comes available, bears will spread out and be harder to find just like in whitetail hunting if food is everywhere they're harder to find they don't respond to bait as well right. that being said in late in saskatchewan way up north like we were that doesn't seem to be an issue yeah where there's more conifers and not any ag yeah uh, yeah no berries out no kind of mast hard or soft yeah uh, yeah yeah they're hitting it but strong. i i think in a lot of places late june would be tougher for bears responding because grass is growing up insects are starting to pop out you know they're just in in a bear prefers natural food over bait almost all the time i think if i was going to go for the first time anybody was wanting a recommendation i would say you know first of june first week of june would be prime time yep yep to get both you'll catch both right occurrences yeah that's right exactly Okay, number two, where to hunt. Where to hunt. Okay, in the United States, there are nine states, at least that's that's what I have figured, nine states that offer spring bear hunting. Here they are. Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona, Alaska, in certain parts of Maine that are inside of these tribal lands. 
So I had to put Maine in there because you can spring bear hunt in Maine on tribal lands. Is that What's the that? only? Is that the only eastern state that has That's a right. spring hunt? Yep. Wow. Maine used to have a spring bear hunt like statewide, and they shut it down. Uh, Was that from anti hunting? Absolutely. Or? Okay. Anti hunting. Nothing. No biological. But bear. Maine has the largest bear population of any state. In the for sure in the eastern U.S., California and some of those bigger states might yeah. potentially have more. But uh, Maine has an estimated bear population of thirty thousand bears. I mean, bears are oh, like wow. just massively increasing. They usually have a, they usually kill about three thousand bears a year. in Maine, absolutely anti-hunting sentiment that shut down the spring bear hunt. But there's some big Native American tribal lands in Maine. Uh, one of them is Penobscot. And uh, we have multiple outfitters in Barony Magazine that guide on Penobscot. Um, so let's t- let's just briefly go through these. Idaho is like the epicenter of bear hunting in the Western U.S. Idaho has the most liberal seasons, has lots of bears, lots of public land. You can use hounds, you can use bait, or you can spot and stalk. Idaho is like. Uh, in the movie Lord of the Rings, like what was the Elvish Rivendell? I did not see I've that. I've never watched that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you rednecks. You need, you need Brent is wearing a pair of overalls you need that, that looked like he bought in 1962, I, I and he's squirrel hunted in them since then. <laughs> this morning. And they've never this seen morning. Lord of the Rings. No, you should ask no. us Those are actually pretty sharp overalls, Ask by the me way. a question about True Grit, but... Lord of the Rings. I just watched that the other day. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. And, uh, I'm out. Yeah, Rooster Cogburn. Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm like the... Nerd. I'm like the... Nerd. Yeah. Harry okay. Potter. <laughs> yeah. Now, no, I've never watched Harry, Harry oh, Potter. Oh, now. No, no. Whatever. Witchcraft. Um, <laughs> um, in Lord of the Rings, I think it's called Rivendell. That is the where the elves live. And it's like this, like... Hub of all things good. It's like, it's like, you know, that is Idaho. I, I agree. Now, I've been on the only spring bear hunt that I've been on that I didn't go with <clears throat> with you was in Idaho. Yeah. On a, and can, you can bait on public ground there. That's right. Yeah, you can go up there and do a do-it-yourself bait hunt. You can go up there, buy a hound permit. Yep. You got, there's awesome. a couple things you have to do, but you buy a hound permit. Mm-hmm. If you do it self do it yourself bait per bait hunt, you have to buy a bait permit. I yep. mean it's not very expensive. No, Tags are cheap. Man, it's man, it's beautiful. beautiful. Uh I'm pretty sure the Idaho bear season, um I want to say it starts on April first. Check the regs. it's either April first or April fifteenth. Montana starts April fifteenth. So let's go from Idaho. Montana is a great spring bear hunting destination. But you can't run hounds, you can't bait. It's all spot and stock hunting. You go up there and buy a tag for three hundred fifty bucks. The western side of the state is where the bears are going to be. <clears throat> Idaho, pretty much the eastern side of Idaho is like big plains, you know, like buffalo country. The western side of the western one third of Idaho is in the Rocky Mountains, basically. Right. Um, the highest bear densities in Montana are going to be in northwest Montana. Uh, now, is there only certain units in Montana, or is that statewide? Yeah, pretty much the western third of the state is going to have a bear season, from like Bozeman over to Missoula up to Libby and uh, 
Kalispell. I, I can't remember all the, but like the, you could you could essentially say the western third of Montana is going to for sure hundred percent every place going to have a spring bear season. Yeah. There's lots of wilderness areas. There's big blocks of national forest. Um, man, if you could just get in any of that country on the western side and learn it, you're going to find bears. It's not easy, uh, but it's doable. Right. Last year, we took our mules. to. I've hunted in the spring in Montana three years and uh, had, had a rough time two years and, and didn't kill bear. Uh, the third year, we kind of got it figured out, and we, we killed a bear and, and probably, I mean, I feel like I, I kind of know what's going on. But So that's Montana. Montana opens up April 15th, goes to June 1st in a lot of units, and to June 15th in some units. So you can hunt there for about two months. Mm-hmm. Um, tags about 350 bucks. Wyoming, Northwest Wyoming is going to have a bear season. Uh, it's less of the state is open to bear hunting. Um, it's probably not as good as Idaho and Montana in terms of bear densities, even though there's a ton of bears in Wyoming. You, you just don't, when you hear guys talking about going out west, they're, they're, if they're traveling, they're usually hunting Idaho. Idaho or, or Montana is uh, Wyoming spot and stock, or is it a bait? You can you can hunt over bait in Wyoming in the spring. Now, is there grizzlies in in Wyoming? There is, yeah, for I know sure. they are, but I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. a lot you, of you that had to country. Worry about that. Yes, you do, and and especially in the greater Yellowstone <laughs> ecosystem, Northwest Montana. I mean, excuse me, Northwest Wyoming. Um, for sure, there's going to be grizz in a lot of that country. Yeah. So it's for sure something you got to think about. And southwest Montana, you got to worry about grizz too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I never saw a grizz where I was at in Montana. No never kidding. saw a grizz. No. And we you, were a little bit north of where they were. Oh, okay. Um, we were kind of hunting like mm, central western Montana. Yeah. And we didn't see grizz. But all the, all of it could have been grizz country. I mean, we were prepared for grizz. We had and you our probably bear glassed spray. a lot of the area. Yeah, we too. did. Yeah, and and I knew we probably wouldn't see them. I mean, everybody everybody that our contacts up there were just like, you're probably not going to see a grizzly bear, and that's good when you're black bear hunting. You don't yeah. have to worry about that. <laughs> but but uh, okay, uh, so Wyoming, I have less I have less experience with Wyoming, but good hunting. You can't non-residents can't hunt wilderness areas in Wyoming. You got to have a guide to go into wilderness areas. Um, we uh, anyway, uh, Oregon and Washington have spring bear seasons. They're a little bit tighter. There's different places you have to apply for. Uh, it's different kind of hunting. It's uh, Oregon and Washington are going to have a lot more thickly forested regions, um, but great hunting, great spring hunting. Uh, Utah has a very limited hunt in the spring. I mean, like 50 tags or something, but you can hunt over bait. Brian Strickland killed a bear in Utah a couple years ago, drew a tag. So it's a draw baited. state. It's a draw state, and they don't – I want to say it's a very limited hunt. Uh, Arizona – boy, don't get me talking about Arizona. They they have they have a spring bear hunt. and um, That'd probably the, be the you, most southerly. A, that's right. Yeah. For sure, and, New Mexico. And it's, New Mexico, too. yeah. I don't think New Mexico has a spring hunt. Oh, really? I don't think so. Okay. Um, 
I'm, I'm not going to speak too much about Arizona other than that they have a spring hunt. And a lot of it's, I'm pretty sure a lot of it's draw or you can buy some leftover tags. Um, Alaska is El Primo black bear capital yeah. of the, you know, it's not the lower 48, but Alaska. And uh, and then, like I said, in Maine on uh, on tribal lands. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about crossing the border in Canada. These are things that people, like, are limiting factors. Like, sometimes people are intimidated. Like, they've never been up there, and they're like, how do we cross the border? Yeah. I'm still thinking about that guy's name. I I don't remember. (laughs) It was Marvin or Melvin or Maurice. 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 That was it, Maurice. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. That Wasn't guy. there a guy on uh, Beetlejuice named Maurice? <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't I've never know. seen that one either. <laughs> I saw that one. Uh, <laughs> but Maurice, he was um, he hadn't shaved in a couple of days. He had on the uniform. He he was sitting in the station. Yeah. But uh, being a policeman for the last since 1991, when you wear a uniform, you ought to. You ought to look, I mean, you don't have to look outstanding, but you should look decent. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maurice looked like he'd been on the job for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably the, worked overnight shift. The thing that tickled me was that we went through there in Clay's truck, and you could not cram another case. And plus, we had a dog. You box couldn't in have there. fit another water bottle in the cab of the truck. Yeah. True, for real. In the cab and in the back, we, we had. Cases and boxes and camera equipment and a dog box back there. And Maurice said, what's your intentions in Canada? And we told him we were going bear hunting. He said, do you have any firearms? Clay said, nope, we're bow hunters. And then he said, do you have any fireworks? No, 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 no. Yes, he did. He didn't say it like that, though. What did he say? I remember exactly what he said. Tell me. He said, okay, so Brent has been law enforcement, and Brent... Tutor has tutored me over the years on Tried. how to present myself to law enforcement. Should I be stopped, number one, or should I be crossing the border? <laughs> and he says they want quick and precise answers. They yes. don't want to see hesitation. Look them in they're, the eye. They're trying to see if there's inconsistency in your answers and delays or lags or some kind of gesture that makes them think that you're nervous when you ask them a certain type of question. Yeah. Tell so the truth. once, yeah, basically tell the truth. Right. But so anyway, so Brent had, had Brent had instructed me to be very quick and assertive with my answers, and to give them nothing more than they ask for. Right. Because you know, being from the south, you know, it's just like you're kind of like they're like, so what are you? Yes. Why are you here? And you're like, well, you know, my buddy, he had me up here a few years ago to bear hunt, and we had a nice time. We killed some bears. Da da da. And you know, you, they don't want to hear that. If you ask somebody what time it is, don't tell them how the watch was made. Just tell them what time it was. That's right. Okay, so this is what he said. Is he said, he said, (laughs) do you have firearms? No. What do you have for fireworks? That's what he said. That's what he he said. He said, what do you have for fireworks? Yeah. And I, and I, I looked at him and I said, I said, firearms. And then he said, what do you have for fireworks? Man, he got frustrated with it because I. Repeat like, in in, he he asked it so quick as if he were going to trick me. Yeah. Into 
disclosing that we had a truck full of bottle rockets or <laughs> yeah, something. I, I couldn't imagine. That must be a thing or something. Well, it's illegal to have fireworks in Canada. Right. And why he thought that me and Brent Reeves had <laughs> fireworks, I don't know. Bottle rocket The reason I say it's a thing, they've caught people smuggling some fireworks through there or something as well. What I, I, well, later I did a little research. The deal was the wildfires. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's that's the deal on, on, on fireworks in Canada. As you know, they have enough trouble with lightning strikes. Yeah. You, know, you know, there's a jillion acres up there that you can't get to by road, so... It was it's fire danger. That's oh, what okay. the deal was. But so, at the time, I was man, thinking, Maurice holy, was doing his job. Holy cow, we could take over Canada with them. So you got rid of the smoke balls and snakes. <laughs> yeah, going, exactly. Where you got there? Huh? Yeah. Hey, do you remember that we had? I had like the day before we left for Canada. Well, we back up. In May and June, well, really June in Arkansas. I will not pass a watermelon stand without stopping and buying a watermelon. <laughs> like I just, I just can't. Anyway, I had bought this big watermelon. Yep. The day before. Yep. And as we were leaving for Canada, I was like, "I'm bringing the watermelon." <laughs> I shoved this watermelon in the truck, and you're not supposed to bring fruits and ve- you have to declare like fruits and vegetables like if you cross the border. Right. Well, we were trying to keep things simple, <laughs> weren't we, Brent? We were. And so uh, we had it hid. <laughs> <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. And so anyway, I mean, the watermelon was like laying like in the open in the back seat. And anyway, you know, I didn't, discl- I didn't, I didn't de- claim the watermelon. And well, anyway, when we got through there, we were, it was like, it was like smoking the bandit. We were like, woo, we got our watermelon through the Canadian border. <laughs> well, the thing border. about it was we told him we had a dog in the back. We got a, and he never even looked. He said, well, you got the paperwork? Clay handed him the paperwork, you know, the verification. He had all the shots. He never looked back there. We could have had a dog pen full of babies back there wow. that we had, that we were selling. Yeah. It was just in <laughs> outlaws. No, he no, no, we were legit with the dog. He, he never looked and back the fireworks, there. and we didn't have any firearms. But you and were, we didn't have any tobacco. You were bootlegging watermelon. We were bootlegging watermelon. <laughs> yeah. That's sad. Yep. Yep. Fireworks, man. <laughs> yep. So, okay. Crossing the border, you, you, the only thing that you have to have if you're crossing the border is a simple non-residence firearms declaration form. That used to intimidate me before I had done it. You go online and you type in, in, in the Google, non-resident firearms declaration for Canada, and it'll pull, pull up what's called RCMP 5589. It's a one-page form. Ask for your, just all your information the make of the gun, the serial number, the caliber, how many bullets you're bringing, and that's all it is. And you, it's best to print that off before you go, and you just hand it to them. That and your passport, and you can't take pistols. That's right. No handguns. It costs $25 for that firearms declaration form. You do have to pull over and take it inside, and they have the right to come out and look at your gun. They've never done it one time for me. I don't know how many times I've crossed the Canadian border. Uh, with firearms, and I, they've never one time looked at my gun, though, though they have that right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's no big deal getting a firearms across. You do have to have a valid passport. Um, you can't be, you know, if you've got like felonies on your record or something, you probably better do some checking on whether you can cross the border. Um, I got a question because every time I've been to Saskatchewan, I've 
flown, hadn't rode right. with y'all. Yeah. You know, got with you at the airport. But when we went to Ontario, we had to have a, if you remember, which has been a few years ago, uh, a valid hunting license or a hunting license from the year before in the States. Yeah. They weren't going to let us through if we didn't have a hunting license for the States. Really? Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot about that. You're right. We And, we, and in that particular case with that outfitter, we had to buy our license before we got there, which is not common. Usually the outfitter sells you the license once you're in camp. Right. That was another thing I was going to cover. Talk to your outfitter and say, do I need to buy a license before I get there or do I buy it from you? It, every place except Ontario, I had, the outfitter sold me the license. But, yeah, we showed up in Ontario said, hey, we need to buy a non-resident bear tag. And they said, okay, show me. Go ahead and do you have a license from last year? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just by chance, both of us had our Arkansas hunting license. But, I mean, I cleaned out my wallet before I'd I went up the there. the same thing and just almost threw away my hunting license. So what would have happened? This lady made us believe that we couldn't have bought a tag. Yeah. Wow. That's the first one. And I don't know about. if that... You know, it's been so long I forgot to research that to see if that was legit. But since then, I have carried a hunting license and my hunter's ed card. Yeah. yeah. Even though they don't ask for it. Like when we buy a license in Saskatchewan or Manitoba, they don't ask for a hunter's ed card. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, just bring your hunter's ed card from whatever state you're in. And if you're with an outfitter, communication. That's right. That's Talk right. Talk with them. Ask questions. Okay. Let's talk now about how to get hides and meat back from Canada. Now, when you flew, you did all the same things. You had to declare. Mm-hmm. You know, you've never brought a gun, though. You've always bow hunted. Yeah, archery. But you had to go through customs. Canadian customs. So you ba- you essentially had the same experience we had. We just had it in the car yeah. and while we were smuggling dogs and watermelons. <laughs> yeah. Well, coming back, your United States customs. So, But yeah. each one's a little different. Yeah. You know, uh, I think when we'd come back to... Where was it? Uh, Houston that time when we flew back. Yeah. That was a pain. Yeah. That was the, the issue. We got held over and we had. We no, had, no, no. Maybe you're right. Was it out? We went from Saskatoon to Calgary. Calgary had the United States Customs because we was flying from there to Houston. That was the one I think was a pain. Yeah. Well, we got, well, we got, held, we got held over that was James time. James with us? I don't remember. We got uh-huh. held over that time, and we had to find some place to keep the yeah, keep yeah. the. Oh, that's right. We had all skulls. our hides mm-hmm. and freezers. Yeah, yeah. But pertaining to hides, we always stopped by Walmart, got a tote. You know, uh, hides were frozen. So that's you want to talk to your outfitter and say, "Is there going to be a freezer in camp?" Yeah, and ninety nine percent of them are going to say yes. Yeah. The only time I've not had a freezer in camp was when I was doing like a backcountry hunt in British Columbia, Canada, and the outfitter, he didn't freeze hides. He fleshed salted. and salted them. I mean, just straight up freshed it. We got a, we got a dog Strike race. Fern. Dog race. <laughs> no, that's little, uh, that's little scooter. Oh. I got a four-month-old pup that just came flying by. It was like, <laughs> who knows what he was chasing. Um here he comes back. He must be running a cottontail. He's running a rabbit. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
it's ideal if you flesh it and salt it because it doesn't need refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just roll it up, you know, usually put it in a trash bag. Even that's not ideal. It could, moisture could get into it. But most times what we've done is uh, just skin the bear, left the, the paws, left the skull in it, froze the hide solid. So mm-hmm. if you kill the bear on a third day of a five-day hunt, you know, he's got two days in the freezer. Um, and you can bring that hide home frozen in a tote or in an ice chest, and it will stay froze for probably three days. Mm-hmm. So that was something I didn't know. We, like, pack, so, we pack dirty clothes around it just for extra insulation. Yep. Or, or whatever you can find mm-hmm. for insulation inside of this tote. Yep. Duct tape the tote. A good-sized bear, skull, hide, fat, everything on it is going to weigh about 50 pounds. Yep. So you're going to pay 50 pounds. More luggage. Excess baggage fee. Mm-hmm. You're going to send it home. And take a marker and write all your information down on that tote. Yep. Yep. Name, phone number, address. Everything. And essentially, you'll have three days before that thing is going to, if it's frozen solid. So you're good. Because, yeah. I mean, usually you get to an airport, you're going to be sleeping in your bed within 12 hours, yeah. 18 hours at most. Uh, so you're totally fine. Um, meat would be the exact same way if you wanted to, however much meat you wanted to bring home which a lot of canadian outfitters will take the meat and handle it for you okay um some places you aren't required to salvage the meat but you could take as much of it home anywhere you wanted and you would just freeze it the same way and bring it home yep deal with it so and it's just going to cost you you know, if you kill a bear, it's going to cost you a little bit to, if you're shipping like that. Now, if you're driving, you bring ice chests. That's what we've done. That's Brent. what we've done. Just yeah. brought big ice chests in the back of the truck, frozen solid, put them in. Okay, here's the other scenario. You kill a bear on the last day, and you're leaving the next morning. You don't have time to freeze it. Most Canadian outfitters have a way to deal with hides, so you could just leave it with the outfitter. And the outfitter will take it to a taxidermist that he knows. He'll take care of it. And you can, and he'll connect you with that taxidermist, and you can have the bear fleshed and salted and shipped back, or you can have that taxidermist tan the hide, do whatever you want. But when you do that, you have to fill out a CITES permit, and it's more expensive. Okay, I act, yeah, it, it's if you bring the hide back yourself, your tag acts as your CITES permit in almost all the provinces. Now, Talk- to explain to the rookie now that. That CITES permit is to go along with getting stuff back across the border. That's right. It's with the Fish and Wildlife Service, right? Yeah. It it has to do with – it's an acronym for something, CITES. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's just not a big deal. But if you – so you can leave it with somebody, but you're probably going to have to pay a little bit more to get it back because then you have to have a – I don't know. It just costs more. Yeah. So The that's few all. other steps that you have to go through. Yeah. But it's totally doable. So don't let that be a limiting factor of going on a spring bear hunt. Okay, question number seven. Can you eat spring bear meat? Brent Reeves, go. Yes, sir, you can. Why not? It's bear meat. Yeah. Yeah, it tastes the same all year yeah. long. Yeah. The, the only thing I've heard actually people say that sometimes the spring meat can taste better because it's not as uh, greasy. Well, greasy is the wrong word. Clay, yeah. here. <laughs> Slap in the face. Bear meat. I don't think bear meat's greasy. I don't either. It's just it's leaner 
in the spring because they've gone through this right. denning period. Their body's used up a lot of the fat. But I have not found that really affect the meat. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be the less difference. fat on their butt, and you mm-hmm. know the bears store a lot of fat. Right. Outside of their body, I mean, you know, like outside, not outside their body. Between they the carry flesh. trailers of fat. Well, yeah. I mean, but this this thing joke. about what you just said about about them being leaner. How fat were those bears? The two bears. Remember the two, the bear that came in on top of us, the bear that you referenced a while ago, the big boar that the mm. that the sow jumped on. When we skinned those bears next to that lake, how you remember how fat those bears were? How yeah. thick the fat was on. Yeah. I mean that was that's a, a spring bear is not supposed to have much fat on right them, he had they had plenty of fat they were rolling fat I mean they were as fat as almost as fat as some of those was bears that a we mild in the fall. winter up there I don't know I don't know it must have been because they can come out of the the den super lean mm-hmm. when you're just when you're skinning one their skin touching meat yeah you know and when it's when it's good. It's skin touching a big layer of fat, and then you get to the meat. But I mean, there was, I mean, there was, I mean, you could tell the frames, those bears that y'all killed up there, the frames, were, they would have carried another 7,500 pounds probably of, of weight on them. Absolutely. In you the know, fall, they would have. In the fall. So, but yeah. still. Yeah. They don't necessarily, they're not going to come out looking like, you know, a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we've been eating more. And more bear meat. I mean, we've always eaten bear meat, but since the kids have started killing bears every fall, multiple bears, it just yeah. seems like we're we're eating more and more bear meat. Man, ground bear meat has become the staple it for is good. tacos, chili, any kind of ground meat stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Misty. When I cook deer chili now, Misty's like, oh, it's deer chili. <laughs> I'm serious. And, and if you've heard other stuff on my podcast, my wife is not a big hunter, very supportive and stuff. But, I mean, she's not – I have a reason to want to eat bear meat and like it. I mean, you know, yeah. I got a little bit vested in this. So right. I'm like, man, this is the best stuff I ever ate. <laughs> Misty's like totally unbiased. She ain't going to eat it if she doesn't like it. Right. She loves bear meat. Yeah. For Especially for chili – for tacos, for you know anything that just is just using ground meat, we eat it. You know when when I kill one and it's it's gone, it doesn't last. Yeah, now I can go from we eat a lot of deer meat, but I can go from season to season and think, oh man, there's some I got some deer meat left in here. The bear meat is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I got my seven year old daughter would rather eat a bear steak than she had a beef steak. Yeah. But a lot we do a lot with the hamburger and chili and burgers and, and stuff like that. And my wife who's very she's you know, she isn't she is a city mouse if there ever was one. And she likes it. So yeah. and it's it's good. It's good stuff, man. Yep. Um question number twelve. <laughs> uh do spring bear hides get rubbed out? Ryan, go. I'm sure certain bears each one's a little different personally yeah. i've never seen one i don't know how many bears we've seen up there but a lot but, yeah uh they're there you know i remember talking about it when on the way up there we we're like you're gonna have to you know watch for a rubbed you know, out bear just and check, rubbed check out these bear, bears over real good a rubbed out bear means that so bears have these long guard hairs <clears throat> which are like up to three, four inches long, probably not four, but up to three. And then they have this under fur 
which is like almost like the down, really fine, finer fur. Insulator. Insulating fur. Yeah. And uh and what they'll do in the spring, they do molt. They they shed their their fur from the time they come out of the den to the time they go back in, they grow basically a new coat. They shed those guard hairs. And so they'll get on trees and rub their butts and rub. Now, we, and now rub. we've seen and filmed a ton of them doing yeah. that. Right. But you know, they'd get off the tree and, and walk away, and, and they, they wouldn't have a, a spot on them like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we've seen no. uh, uh, that little blonde female that was that, that little boar was chasing chasing around that day, and – she was molting or whatever, but she wasn't, her hide wasn't mm-hmm. thin or bare in any spot. Yeah. yeah. So what you said, Ryan, before we started, is, and it's what I say too, is it just seems to be a non-issue. Yeah. I mean, you know, certain bears, I'm sure, but uh, and it also depends if you're looking, say if you've got a trophy 21-inch bear come in that's rubbed a little bit. I'm shooting that bear regardless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless you're wanting the guy that's wanting something to a rug to put on the wall. Yeah, you know, check it out. But and more than likely, you're going to notice it right off the bat. Yeah. But personally, I've never seen one rubbed out and look terrible. They're there. I just haven't run across them. Yeah. So, you know, the odd time. And it's the odd time you'll see a bear that just is straight up rubbed, and you'll be like, "That bear's rubbed." Brent and I saw a bear that had mange. Yeah, and I mean, it the whole back half of its body was bare. Yeah, and I mean, you're yeah. obviously not going to shoot that bear bare naked. It was bare naked. <laughs> it still gives me bad dreams thinking about it. Um, now, and that bear wasn't rubbed. I mean, there was something wrong. Yeah, with that he bear. had the mange. Yeah, um, but I have seen them. I put a picture actually in the March April issue of Bear Hunting Magazine of a rubbed bear that I took a photo of myself, yeah. and it, it, just, it was just so obvious. I mean, it just it just looked like a mangy dog, and there wasn't anything wrong with this bear. It, its whole body was covered in hair, but it was just, you could just tell. Yeah, it was just spot. And there may spotted. be certain regions where that's more common versus you know other places. And that's what I have said, but I've hunted all over Canada, and it never seems to be a big issue anywhere. There. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I thought the same thing. I thought, well, probably, maybe just the places we've gone yeah. have have not had many rub bears. But well, last uh, last spring we were in uh, where were we? British Columbia, mm-hmm. and those bears coming into camp were just pristine. Yeah, no spots on. And and now that was mid May though, and you would expect that in mid May mm-hmm. when the main data point that I'm using is this late June hunting that we're that we're hunting in Saskatchewan. But anyway, it's just not that big of an issue. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not a, it's not a reason to not go. Right. You know? Oh, for sure. Not a, okay. Cost. So people are like, what's a spring bear hunt cost? What are you looking for? What province, what state you want to go to? I mean, it ranges from pretty reasonable to pretty high versus yep. a do it yourself or a, all-inclusive watch hunt so yeah it's what you want to experience and what you want to pay for here's the deal you can hunt there's places in quebec that for a thousand dollars you can go on a six-day spring bear hunt very stay in a nice camp cook your own food outfitter show you where the bear baits are and uh i'm serious there Mm -hmm. there are places where you can go for a thousand dollars 
uh, especially in Quebec. And huh? And guys kill bears, and guys kill some good bears. Some places aren't. Some places like two bear hunts too. <laughs> well, let's talk about the let's talk about the prices in the different provinces. Gotcha. Okay, so Quebec. Quebec would be known for its fishing, its beauty, and its affordability. A lot of fishing outfitters that are also bear outfitters in Quebec. Right. It's like a it's a good place to go if you're looking for a fifteen hundred dollar bear hunt. Okay. It's a one bear province. Let's move over to Ontario. Ontario has a And we're coming west with that, right? Yep. yep. Well, I guess we, we got the other ones. Newfoundland, let's go back east. Newfoundland okay. is a two-bear province. New Brunswick is a two-bear province. Okay. Um, those hunts in New Brunswick and Newfoundland are going to be from $2,000 to $3,000, 2000 to $3,500, most of them for a good hunt. Okay? That's the price range. That's uh, for a week. Pretty much for a <laughs> week, fully guided hunt. You can, and, and for that... In that range, in those places, most of those places are going to be fully guided, like lodge type hunts. You're going right. to be staying with the lodge. Somebody's going to be cooking you dinner, and you're going to you're going to pay between twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred dollars in those provinces. If I could put it that way, uh, Ontario is going to be similar. Ontario has some economical hunts. The Ontario Spring Hunt, I think, is on its last year before they reevaluate it again to decide if they're going to renew it. Ontario didn't have a spring hunt for a long time, right? So. Ontario's kind of on the fence. I think 2020 is the year they decide if they're going to renew their hunt. So it's it's a political deal. It's a bad deal. But Ontario hunts are usually in the $2,000 range, $2,000 to $3,000. We went in August. Yeah, we we fall hunted in Ontario. Okay. Yeah. And the berries were full on on ripe. Yes. Yeah. In late August. Mm -hmm. But we ended up having a heck of a hunt. Yeah, we did. For a cheap cheap hunt, Mm $1,500 hunt. Um, Manitoba in, in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta are going to be kind of the prime in terms of the cost is going to be more, but that's kind of your prime time places for spring bear hunting. If we're just being honest, um, costs are going to be between 2,500 and $4,500. And these are going to be like your uh for I hope I don't offend some other outfitters in other places, but these are your world class beta black bear hunts are gonna be in these places. Trophy. More yep. of a trophy region. And there's all kind of different outfitters. There's out you know, you need to you need to talk to multiple outfitters and ask them what kind of stuff they offer. Uh, uh Ryan just talked about his buddy that hunted Alberta a few years ago. Had a great hunt, killed two monster bears, but set in Camp. an outfitter's house for six days, bored out of his mind. Till time to go hunt. Till time to go hunt. Mm-hmm. Killed two awesome bears, but didn't enjoy it because he just felt like it was, he just didn't have much to do. Go ahead. Not to each their own. You know, uh, for us, we're, I think we're more adventure bound. Right. Yeah. You know, waking up, eat breakfast. That's what we call Brent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my middle name. AB. Getting to go fish anytime you want, you know, and different things that was nice as far as wanting to sit and indoors till three or four o'clock yeah evening. that would have driven yeah. me nuts. not my thing but yeah. if it's world-class bear hunting it may be worth it yeah. so yeah but yeah 
Well, and that's what every outfitter is going to offer something different. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in places we're going in Saskatchewan are like, you know, staying in wall tents and like this remote camp, riding in boats. It's a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more of an adventure-based kind of deal. Some people may not want that. Some people may want to stay in a house and have – Be catered to. Have you. somebody cooking – their meals every day, and, and that's fun. I've been on hunts like that, mm-hmm. ton of fun. You need to just talk to people and see what they see what they do. I like to talk to somebody three or four times even, and that tests their level of patience. <laughs> and you will the way I the way I think about it when I talk to somebody. Is you get, you really have to be discerning about that outfitter. But what I'm trying to understand is: are they honest, and are they going to do what they say they're going to do? Yeah. Is this a person that I would feel comfortable sending my best friend and his daughter to hunt with, based upon this phone conversation? Right. And if I still have questions about that, then I'm not going to go hunt with them. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, you, you kind of you get a good feel for somebody on the phone. Well, you got, especially I mean, with multiple conversations and the people, legitimate folks like that. They realize that they are working for you. I mean, yeah. you're you're paying their light bill. Yeah, so that that's a that's a big factor in me having been in the outfitting business myself somewhat. You know, for for ducks, you know, yeah, people want to know where their money's going, and if you're going to be honest about it, you want to tell them where it's going. Yeah, you know, no surprises on that end. Yeah, well, there's all different kind of <clears throat> outfitters. There's good ones and bad ones. Sure. There just are. Um. So Manitoba and Saskatchewan are one bear provinces. Um, Alberta is a two bear province, which Alberta's hard to beat. You can get, you know, the prices are going to be from probably three thousand to five thousand dollars. But a lot of camps, you go in and you're hunting two bears mm-hmm. in a week. Some some outfitters would charge a trophy fee on the second bear. Um, but Alberta's an awesome place. I, I've, I've been on a couple of really good hunts in Alberta. Um, so those are the three that I would say for baited spring hunts are the El Primo Canadian baited spring bear hunts. British Columbia can't hunt over bait, but they are El Primo for Canadian spot and stalk hunting. And uh, they're known for big bears. They're known for good camps. They're known for like wall tent type camps uh, in the mountains. A lot of outfitters do that. Uh, I've hunted British Columbia, I think, three, three times. And it, it's I, I I'll go back. It's a ton of fun. It's beautiful, man. Holy cow! That's big, one of the prettiest places. Big ever mountains. It's uh, all wolves and grizzly bears. Yep. Not to change the subject, is the bugs as bad there in spring as versus other provinces? Did we ever even think about bugs in British Columbia last year? No, no. We were seeing grizzly tracks. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, we we never even broke out our thermocells. Not is that right? Uh-uh. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. But it was a spot and stock hunt, so we're moving around a yeah. lot. Yeah. Uh, but no, nah, bugs weren't bad there. Even when we set up, like uh, when Gary and I set up and filmed you, when you went up, tried to put the stalk on that, or did put that stalk on that black bear across that field where we were at, that we didn't have bug problems at all. Yeah. That's something they do. But definitely to think about wherever you're traveling is bugs. Yeah, yeah. logistics on that, like uh, flying, you know, you can't fly with. The butane cartridges the butane stuff for thermocells. Yeah, that's a good that's a good topic to bring. I mean, up. Ontario was if you remember that was there were big wolves. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but Saskatchewan. I'd have rather had yeah. grizzly bears 
in our camp than the mosquitoes we had. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, saying. bug suits, deterrent, well, cells. the way that I describe it is that some people say, oh, I'm not going to spring bear hunting because of the bugs. To me, they're a non-issue if you have thermocells. Yeah. And they truly are. When you're hunting, click on thermocells. I've heard people be like, well, what about the smell? And I, when they do that, I say, come here a little closer. And I slap them in the face at the same time <laughs> while I'm kicking them in the shins. <laughs> because if that bear smells your thermocell and runs away, he is also smelling a big human and running away. <laughs> For real. So I, I'm not worried about the scent of a thermocell on a bear bait in Canada. We, we run two at a time. Like yeah. when I'm hunting, me and Brent, he'll have one sitting back by him, and I'll have one right here, and it's just a non-issue. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you're skin, you better bring that thermosel everywhere you go, though. Yeah. Because if you trail that bear and you start skinning that bear out there, Sweet they'll Jesus. carry you away. But you click on your thermosel, and it's a non-issue. And I've always I found out that you know if the it's just like here, if the wind gets up big enough that it's blowing your thermosel away, it's blowing the skeeters away too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What we've done in the past have, have been mailed, either mailed all our thermocell stuff to the outfitter before the hunt, mm-hmm. which you can do, or you buy it once you get in Canada. Like yeah. if you fly into Winnipeg or Saskatoon or somewhere in Canada, usually you can go buy it. Uh, here's the truth, too, is that I've accidentally packed it in my luggage and never had any problem. You them watermelons man, the, butane cartridges man. the mounties are probably Dude gonna come down mule. here <laughs> no, mounties a, are gonna come down here he's a thermal mule yeah. uh, the canadian mounted police <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if we saw them trotting up the driveway on their horses that would be funny and say we heard your podcast we heard you smuggled in watermelons and uh, butane cartridges butane cartridges no it was story. an accident it would be like get to canada and be like dang <laughs> <laughs> but like, like when we like when we went now you can carry them in if you're driving yeah it's not a problem. Not on They're flight. not illegal. You just can't put them on an airplane. Right. Yeah. So, um, and what I just said was actually a lie. That never happened. I've never <laughs> smuggled watermelon or thermocells into Canada. <laughs> just for the record. That's another podcast. That was all a joke. <laughs> um, but really, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Question number 20. Question number 20. No, we were talking about... The provinces, and that that kind of dissects just in short the Canadian provinces and kind of how they operate. Uh, you can hound hunt in British Columbia in the spring for bear if you want to. None of the other provinces are are bear hunting with hounds. Um, yeah, I don't think any of them actually. Well, Does that have to no, be no, with no. You, you can you can you can hunt you can hunt in the spring in in Ontario with hounds. Does that have to be with an outfitter, or can yeah. you as a yeah, a- any U.S. person hunting in Canada, it's either a family. There is a way for f- direct family to hunt Canada without an outfitter. Like if your dad lived in Canada, mm-hmm. you could. I can't remember what they call it. It's been so long. Uh, there's a way for family hmm. to hunt Canada, but otherwise you. But have you can to take have your own dogs and with the. In Ontario, you can. I've never heard anybody in British Columbia doing that, but I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah. So, man, hey, that's a pretty, a fairly comprehensive conversation we've had here, boys, about spring bear hunting. Can y'all think of any other, you know, the the thing that I'm trying to talk to people about is limiting factors and frequently asked questions. You know, like, I don't want to go to Canada because of the bugs. I don't want to go to Canada because I can't bring back the meat. I don't want to go to Canada because I'm a sissy. (laughs) 
What about uh, your sissiness <laughs> is your problem, and you're gonna have to take personal responsibility for it, right, Brent? Exactly. <laughs> or I will lay the blame on you. What about uh, weapons? Like what's legal? Yeah, spring bear hunting in Canada. Okay, are all three types shotguns, rifles, and archery? I would assume. Okay, you caught me off guard. Archery and firearms would be legal everywhere. You know, like so. If you go on a spring bear hunt, it's not like you're just going on a spring bow hunt. Mm-hmm. Like you could carry any of the mainstream cartridges, muzzleloaders, uh, shotguns. Anything like that. The only thing I don't know 100% about is crossbows. I believe there are a few provinces that don't allow crossbows. And I, I Something else to ask your outfitter. Yeah, but most of them do. I, I want to say 90% of them allow crossbows, regular archery, traditional archery, muzzleloaders, shotguns, rifles. There's nothing that you can't do. I mean, you know, um, except handguns. You cannot bring handguns into Canada. Right. Um. Let me guess. Hey, you snuck one in there. Listen, listen. No, <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. Last year, I bought Shepard Newcomb, one of these little pistol BB guns, <clears throat> on a trip. Oh, my. And uh, he, for whatever reason, when we left Canada here, that gun was in my truck, that pistol BB gun. Last year? No, I, I don't remember when it was. Well, you know, it's like a $40 BB gun. Right. And we stayed the night in North Dakota. Okay. There's yeah. probably, there are probably like one of those unsolved mystery shows about this. Oh. <laughs> about someone that saw me dispose of a handgun in a trash can at a roadside hotel in North Dakota. Because that's what I did. We got to North Dakota and I found that pistol. And I didn't. It probably was legal to bring a BB gun, but I just didn't want the hassle if Maurice was there. Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> I got same so, with a motel towel wiping <laughs> the prints off this BB gun. <laughs> I remember like pulling up to this trash can, like looking around, see if anybody was looking, and putting that BB gun in that in that. <laughs> wow! Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> somebody was probably up in like the tenth floor videoing, like son. Look, or, you know, sweetie, that guy just threw a handgun in the trash can. <laughs> Peeled out. Duke's a hazard at that of the parking lot. There you go. Okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, so, <laughs> anything else? I don't guess. Okay. Oh, Brent. weather. Weather? Wow. It's cold up there. What would you, how would you describe it? Uh... Well, you can't describe Arkansas because I've the week before last I ran my air conditioning one day and the heat the next. So <laughs> Yeah. But we um the first year we went up there, we built a fire every night. That was in May. Mm-hmm. In late June, I don't think we ever uh I think I had a fire most nights. There and, was some um, of the days though it was like it, that day the horse fly would come out. It would get warm. It was eighties or nineties or something like that. I would I tell people to be prepared for for thirty to seventy degree weather yeah. into eighty. I mean, yeah, that's a good average. So bring your jacket, yeah. Bring your coat, bring your rain gear everywhere you go. Yeah, but rain be prepared for too sure. for it to maybe be warm. Yeah. You know, rain gear for sure. Yeah, bring your rain gear everywhere you go in in anywhere in Canada in the spring. 
you can leave camp and it'd be a bright, sunny, beautiful day. And about the time you get to the bear bait, it may just come a gully washer out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the first day we got there, I asked the outfitter. He said, all right, y'all, when y'all get your stuff together. I said, I need to take my rain. I said, I need to take my raincoat with me or whatever. He said, dude, this is Canada. You need to take it with you everywhere you go unless you yeah. want to get wet. You know what, though? I've never been just totally <clears throat> rained out in a week of Canadian hunting. When I first started hunting in Canada, I thought you might get a week where it just rained nonstop for six days. I have never experienced that. I remember that, that day. or Yeah, as a matter of fact, it rained that day. It was one of the first day we sit <laughs> yeah. for like 45 minutes, and then it was gone. Remember the thunderstorm coming back through Compulsion Bay? Oh, I yeah. wasn't there. You guys were. Yeah, we went to the bank, got out of the boat. It was thunder, lightning. It was bad. Yeah. Bad. Were but you he, in the boat with him? No. Uh-uh. Okay, me and no. Brant were back. You, yeah. yeah, y'all were hunting by yourself. Or we weren't there. Yeah. Our guide was, you know, native Josh. And, you know, he's pretty rugged as they come. But he's like. Guys, we're going to make a pit stop. Yeah. <laughs> Went to the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, hey, excellent. Thank you guys mm-hmm. a ton. And uh, what do we say, Brent? Keep the wild places wild. That's where the bears live. <laughs> say it again a little tighter, compact, and with more conviction. Well, I was, I was sitting around, teeing Ryan up, but I'll take it. Okay. You going to help me out, Ryan? You bet. Keep the wild places wild, because that's where the bears live in the springtime. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own well head over to land.com they've got ranches forests mountains streams you name it search by acreage you can search by location you can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of land.com it is where the adventure begins hey we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries now if you're like me Enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. 